Well, good day, everyone. My name's Dave, and you've joined us for the Reach Australia podcast, where we are talking all things building. So, if you've ever sat in a building, wondered what you could do, uh, this is the episode for you. In our previous episode, we did a really deep dive into what are some of the general principles and what do you do before. So if you haven't checked that out, go and have a listen to that. Uh, we're joined by our special guest, Andrew Robson. Thanks for joining us. Great to be here again. Uh, now, we want to start to think about that building process. Uh, we've done everything beforehand. Uh, we're up to the actual building process. What, what happens there? Just give us a really brief sort of overview of what goes on. So we talked before about, you know, you've got the building approved, the development location approved, you've, you've done your construction certificate process, yep. which has generated a very detailed design for the building mm. and, and that is certifiable, as in you're allowed to build that building, it's legal, it yep. meets all the building code. Those documents then form the basis of a tender, yep. um, which means you, you need to go, at, and, and I think, uh, even if you've got a builder in your congregation, in fact, I would say especially if you've got a builder in your congregation, you need to do a, a, an, a, an above board process yes. um, where you go out to the market and, and find at least three reputable builders yep. um, that you say, how much would you charge us to build this? Yeah. Now they're very familiar with that process. Yep. Uh, obviously it's what they do all day long. Yep. It costs builders a lot of money to do a tender. So they have to put a lot of resources into costing yes. what you give them, because they, they come in without knowing really yeah. what it is. Yeah. They have to get their head around the building, cost it all out, work out how they build it. Usually there's a process where you interview them yes. and they will suggest modifications. Yes. They'll say, oh, look, here's our price, but if we, we think if you do this change, we could save you half a million dollars. Yeah. And you go, oh, that's a yeah. great idea. Yeah. Nice. Um, it's worth understanding that it costs them a lot of money because you don't want to go to tender too early yeah. um, for two reasons. It costs them a lot of money and they'll get really annoyed with you. Yep. If you go to tender, you say yes, and oh, but we're not ready yet. We'll be ready in three years time. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Yep. Um, secondly, tenders go off like milk in the sun. So yep. usually they've got, they've got an actual explicit clause in them that says 90 days or whatever it is. Um, and so once you get past that period, they'll say, well, look, and genuinely they have to re-cost it again. Because yeah. if, if they rely on something they did 12 months ago, yeah. the market's changed and now the building costs them a ton more money to build. Yeah. Yeah. So you've, you've got to run some kind of process. That's a bit of a detailed process. You need to draw others from church into that process. You need to have yeah. people on your side of the table, people on their side. Yeah. You work it through. You select a builder. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the, there's all kinds of wisdom in, in, in that process, but... Um, and again, reach, reach out to yeah. us, we're, we're, we're looking for the conversation. There's, um, there's lots of thinking to there, but, um, but that's, a, that's a real process that needs to be done carefully at the right time. You really want to be in a position where you say, builder B, yep. we, we want you. you. You want to be pretty much signing up a building contract pretty quickly after that yeah. and, and going. So you need to have your money arranged yep. and, and, and all that. You need to have already got your banking arranged, I would recommend you do a, a finance tender at the same time as you do a building tender. Yep. So go to the banks and say, here's our package. Yes. We, would, we would like you to tell us what you would do to lend us this much money for this building that we want to build. Yep. And you open up a conversation with them. Yep. Um, but you get, get all your, your, your ducks lined up, sign the building contract. Um, these can often be quite complex depending on the, mm. the church structure you have. 
So if you're a Baptist, if you're an Anglican, uh, you're a Presbyterian, you're going to have to deal with the, um, the denominational structure. Yes. And sometimes that contracting is quite complex. Mm. So in the Anglican Church in Sydney, for example, you've got all these three-way contracts because the contract is actually with the property trust, not with the congregation. But the congregation has to sign all these documents with the property trust to give the property trust confidence to sign the building and the finance contracts. Yes. And you've got all these three-way deals going, and it's yeah. quite complex. Yeah. So understand that, yeah. and understand that can take a bit of time, and th that sometimes trips you up, because the builder's ready to go, you, you, and then the diocese or the session or whatever it is take three months to get some document from the basement of some building somewhere to get it. You know. yeah. So you've got to understand that that, that can happen. Yeah. Once you... you, you oh, the other thing to say is, actually reaching back into the previous episode, I did mention that you want to bring on a project manager. Yes. At some point in that design process, there's arguments about whether it's before DA, during DA, after DA, you bring on a project manager. Again, the diocese in Sydney, the Anglican Diocese of Sydney, forces you to do that for a large project. Yep. You have to have, you have to pay a, a project manager. Um, they come on board and, and they help you to manage the process. Yeah. Um, so you definitely need, need them on board. But then you move into the construction. Yes. So you've moved off site. Yep. Your building's there or your vacant land's there or whatever the thing is that you're building. And um, the, the building commences at that point once yeah. you've, you've signed all the documents nice. and it's, it's all going. Nice. In reality, what you've done in doing a tender and a building contract is you're saying, okay, builder, we're going to pay you $5 million to build this building. Yep. And they build the building for you. Yeah, and and that you, you don't build the building, they do. Yeah, and so there's a but there's a there's a constant stream of questions yeah, okay. that, that they will have. Yes. and I'm serious. It, it is seriously constant it, yeah. it, in in an active building process. Um, you're going to have multiple questions every day. Yep. The project managers can field some of that, but actually, you don't want them making the decisions yes. because a lot of the decisions the builders make when they're building, because mm. they'll cut into a wall and go, oh. The frames go that way instead of that way. Yeah. That wasn't on the plan. Okay. Um, or um, they'll, like, as happened at Carlingford, they'll dig into the ground and go, ah, oh, there's a gigantic amount of building waste down here. We're going, what? This was a farm. Yeah. Turned out that the builder that built the original building imported a, something like 800 tons of contaminated waste and <laughs> built the building on top of 800 tons of contaminated waste. When I say contaminated, it was not like radioactive, but no. it, it contains no. chips of asbestos. Although, can I say, when I first came to Carlingford, I had hair, and I don't anymore, so I know contaminated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it, yeah, th things can be can be thrown up. So, so you um, you you have a constant load of work to be and done. How do, how do churches deal with that? Like, you've got constant questions coming each day. Like, what's what's the best way for them to navigate those? situations partly depends on the scale of the build it depends on what kind of project manager you've got but um, I think largely you need what I describe as a sacrificial goat yes which has been me in many um, church, church <laughs> situations so our, our job is is to field all the questions and to to run interference between the building process and the church organism yeah. and to work out what kind of question is this is it a question that the architect needs to answer the structural engineer needs to answer the, um, the, the, the mission leader needs to answer, yeah. the senior minister needs to answer, 
who needs to answer this question? Yeah. Or can I just answer it? Yeah. Um, you need somebody in that role that's in the hot seat yeah. that is effectively is the client. Yes. Um, okay. the, 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 the project manager is the client's representative, but somebody needs to actually be the client. Yeah. Um, so if you, if you used a, a, a patriarchal um, uh, analogy of a household, yep. it's often dad. Yeah. You're building a house for for the family, but dad will often field the questions. Sometimes it's mum. Yeah. Um, but who, somebody in the family is the one that is in it. Yeah. Um, and they're dealing with all the, 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 the ins and outs. So don't underestimate that. It, yes. It's a constant thing. Yeah. Even though they're building it, they're, they'll be constantly asking you questions. It's annoying too because, annoying, the, the reality is sometimes they'll ask you a question because they've got $28,000 worth of men arriving today yes. to do a job with yes. a crane. Yeah. And, there's, and, and if you can't answer the question, if it's serious enough, they'll back the job off and they'll charge you $28,000 because you weren't available to answer the question. Or, which is sometimes worse, they'll just decide for themselves yeah. and then you'll come and go, what did you do that for? Yeah. Um, and then you've got to decide, do you pay $50,000 to reverse the decision they just yes. made. Okay. Um, so so there's, there's, there's a bit of, at stake in, in, the, in this building process. Yep. And, and so when I say sacrificial goat, it is very uh, grating and difficult for that person. It's, yeah. it's a tough job. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, so there's all those particular things. I guess the, the other aspect uh, is as the building continues on and all those conversations happen and you know we've got our sacrificial goat and you know he's looking weary and wearier by the day um there's also there's an end point to it where you get the excitement of coming back to the building yeah what do we need to start thinking about as we return to the building well, bouncing off that too, there's also joy in the building. Yeah. So one of the things you, you, you want to do is, 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 I was going to say document, but really what you're talking about is filming it yeah. um, and, and showing church yeah. uh, who's meeting in a shoebox over there somewhere yeah. that um, here's what's going on, you know. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. frame went up today and, and the, here's the roof. And you know, we, we, we got a drone and we did a bit of drone yeah. photography um, from above and you could see what, what they were doing and... It was, it was very exciting. So don't underestimate that. Now, not everybody gets excited by that stuff, but literally the majority do, yeah. I think. Yeah. They, they just love seeing it. Yeah. And, uh, it's, I remember we did a few videos of in there, like, you know, yeah, here's where the, the helmet's auditorium's going to be. You can see the slab's been laid, and this is really exciting. This is, you know. So you want to you bring church along yeah. for the ride to yeah. some extent without the, the painful bits, but the nice bits. Yeah. So they get to kind of see it, and, and there's hope. But yes, you need to start thinking about moving back in. Yeah. Um, and so um, you, you've got to think about logistics of moving back in, yeah. um, which is often, again, underestimated. Yes. Um, how do you actually get the building up and running? Because you, you'll probably find you'll need to buy furniture. You'll need to, yeah. what kind of chairs are going to go in there? Yeah. That's got to be part of your, your project. Um, so Carlingford is a good example. I think we had a budget of something like $200,000, $250,000 on the side of the roughly $5 million building um, for the stuff we needed to occupy the building. So chairs, um, sound gear, uh, audio visual gear, yep. what kind of projectors are we going to have in the new space because the old ones won't work because yep. there's a different space. Yep. Um, so you had all that kind of stuff going on as, as well. Yep. So thinking into that stuff, but then the organism of church, how are we yep. moving in? Um, 
when are we moving in which congregations go when yep. and then you've got the mission piece yes. and i've got to say the best profile your church is ever going to get in the local community is the building process yeah. it's a giant billboard yeah. that says this church is alive and happening Absolutely. and the, the the community is genuinely interested yep. so my view is be like the opposite of a, a carpet warehouse you know they're always having their closing down sale yep. have six months of openings yes. just open the building every weekend nice. Get, yeah. the, get the 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 bishop in. Get the archbishop in. Get the mayor in. Get the local member in. Have an open day. Yeah. Have a kids day. Have a just have as many openings as you can, and and and, and have a night a day where you yeah. get the neighbours to come. Try and get as use just absolutely milk it. Yeah, no, that's really helpful because you've got lots of people. They see the hoardings. You know the banners around that says here's the building company and you know uh, around where we were when we did Carlingford we, we almost wanted to put this is not another block of units yes, um, yes because yes. that's what every building was in that particular and, and you, you, you do want to I mean we didn't say this before but you, you do want some element of communication with the local people yeah, yeah. Um, in the DA process you need to do it um, in the um, in the building process so we, we put posters or, or like uh, billboards outside that explained what we yeah. were doing. Yeah. Um, th there was a rumour went around when we were building Carlingford among the local community that we were building a 24-hour daycare centre, yes. which apart from anything else is illegal, <laughs> but that's, that was the rumour that was going around. So, so getting into that space a little bit and yeah. saying this is what we're doing yeah, is nice. helpful. Nice. Okay, so we've dealt with some things you know, in that building process. Uh, we're back in. Um, you know, what, what are some of the things we want to think about as we've returned to the building? Yep. Um, probably the two main things, uh, apart from your openings and your thanksgiving yeah, to God so let's for what's celebrate. happened and, uh, and have a party. Yeah. It is important, I think, to celebrate with your team. Yep. Like it is a team effort to pull this off. So the people have been intricately involved, celebrate together and stop and rejoice because often we're not good at that. We just yep. go, all right, what's next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's stop and celebrate. Yep. So, um, uh, you've got you've got that that element of uh, of celebrating. You've obviously, in terms of the building sense, you've got the defects period, twelve month defect period. Um, in a large and complex building, you'll be managing that all the way up to the end of twelve months yep. and beyond. So you you generally document what's going on, and some of the things take longer than the twelve months to actually fix. Yep. Hopefully, you don't have anything major, but yep. in a large building, you have lots of things that don't work, doors that don't quite work. To, things that don't quite work and you're chasing the finishing touches for, for a while. Yeah. Um, the other thing is the sacrificial goat. Um, yeah. So one of the realities is um, the goat will need to go and rest for a while. There's, there's a, there's, it, it, it put him out to pasture for a little bit. It's truly, it is truly exhausting. And, and um, uh, I, I've said this before, but, um, the reality is when you do anything major like that, it, it takes so much out of you and there's an emotional let down that happens there's almost a depression that comes so look after that person yeah. there's a there's a sense of um uh you need to kind of give them a softer year and it takes a while to recover yeah. um and and you know the the old received wisdom that the senior minister leave always leaves within um <laughs> within 12 months of the building project and i think i think you, i don't think that always needs to happen no. but i can see why it does it's because yeah. there's so much um emotion in it and um it is, and, and there's, there's this, this come down from it. Yeah. The other thing I would say in terms of looking after the sacrificial goat, one of the problems you will get, so Carlingford, you know, a church of almost a thousand people, 
if there's, let's say, a crack in a concrete slab out the front or something that you've talked to the builders about and they're going to fix, yes. you will have a thousand people <laughs> tell you, <laughs> oh, oh, did you, you know that there's a crack, in the, the crack in the concrete? And, and you know, the first 10 times you take it with good grace and by the hundredth person you want to, you want to kill somebody. <laughs> And you don't want the goat to end up in prison. That's right, that's right. So yeah, there's, a, there's just a reality about that stuff too. That yeah. it, it, it can be quite a hard period actually. Yeah. And you didn't expect it, yeah. but, but it, it's, it's been quite a hard period. So let, let, let me, uh, final question here. Um, this is, you know, this has been great. Like, you know, building buildings as hard as it is, as complex as it is, there's an excitement that comes with it as well. Um, but we, we, we have over the you know, last sort of couple of episodes really done a deep dive, lots of, is this possible? Can, is this, can we do this? Like, you know, it, is, is it feasible for us to do this? It, it is. Um, we, 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 to cycle back to the land thing, yeah. um, obviously land prices in Australia have been skyrocketing mm. uh, for decades now, yeah. actually probably since the 1800s somewhere. Um, but particularly recently during the pandemic yeah. Yeah. and even regional, actually especially regional markets have, have, have really lifted. Um, so all of this is doable. So what, what I want to say is don't underestimate it, but it is doable. Yeah. But the land piece now is a bigger problem than it was. Yeah. Having said that, the, the, as I was saying, the Anglican Church's Growth Corporation was set up kind of recognising that yeah. we need to work together to make this happen. It's, it's yeah. Individual parishes are going to struggle to do this. And I think, by analogy, the other systems uh, in varying ways are doing that too. Um, in, in some ways, the, the Baptist Church um, has been ahead of the curve in some areas of this, but um, uh, and, and, you know, particularly on their their financial side of it. So they've got their internal, what is it called, Baptist Financial Services? I think that was, a, yeah. that was quite a, a helpful structure that they built. They kind of built their own development bank, yeah. which was a great idea. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the FIC churches um, have their independence, mm. um, and that's in the, in the name, but, but it implies some, some difficulty for them because each individual congregation may well struggle. Yeah. So I think there's a place for thinking about how we work together on these yeah. things. How do we, how do we move uh, on, on, on doing these things? Um, one of the bits of received wisdom years ago was we should be buying churches from other denominations as they struggle, they, they've got a church for sale. Another, I didn't mention this before, but in, in the planning thing, there's yeah. another emerging trend, which is zoning out churches yes. that are defunct. Yes. So a church that's abandoned, I know one of the council areas in Sydney is, is I, they're either going to do it or they've already done it, where if the church is vacant for 12 months, for 12 months yeah. they, lose, they lose the, um, the, the right of occupation there. Yep. And that's really problematic. Yeah. So buying old dead churches may not be the... Um, the strategy it once was, although that's not everywhere yet, but I feel like it's coming. Yeah. Um, so, so there's a, there's a whole question about how do we get the land, yeah. and even these building steps that we're talking about, even if you own the land and you've got a building, taking those next steps, I think, and I, I'm one of the joy points in the last 10 years is I think in the evangelical world we are working better together yeah. and we're cooperating more across organisational denominational lines yeah. Yeah. and I think we need to do that more yeah. and, and, nice. and try and 
work, but, but I think that the, the, the buzzword is we've got to work together. Yeah. So what I'm, what I'm hearing you say there is, uh, yep, it's doable. Don't underestimate by any stretch, you know, the complexities that's involved. Uh, and there's a joy and almost a necessity for us to be able to work together in order to put, you know, either improve current church facilities, uh, acquire new land, you know, become that physical presence in the community that says we're not a flash in the pan, we're, we're here to stay to, to minister to this local community. To come at it from another angle too, we must do this. Yeah, it's, we we must continue to build churches. Yeah, because building, I mean, this building we're in was built in, I think, the early '60s. Elements of it are are, are at the end of their life. Yeah, um, we, we're extending life on bits of it, but buildings don't last forever. Yeah, um, they they really don't, especially modern buildings. They're not designed to last for a thousand years like some of the old ones were. Yeah, um, and we must build new buildings. Yeah. We must put churches in areas where we don't already have churches. Mm. So we've got to figure out how to do this. So there's, an imp- there's a gospel imperative in this, which is that, yes, it's hard, don't underestimate it, we've got to work together, but we must do it yeah, for the sake of the gospel. that's really helpful. Yeah. That's really helpful. Look, thanks so much, Andrew, for joining us, um, and thanks for sharing your expertise here. Um, You've been joining us uh, for another Reach Australia podcast. We've been talking all things building. Uh, Thanks for joining us. We'd love to see you at the Reach Australia National Conference. Uh, You can check out some of the buildings that Andrew's been involved with. And if you've got further questions, we'd love a conversation. We'd love to help your church uh, move forward as we seek to have thousands of multiplying evangelistic uh, churches across Australia. 